But I hope you're dedicating this time right now to the Lord. Dedicate this time and hear his word and hear the words that he's given to me to give to you today. A few weeks ago, Lord laid this on my heart and uh, I thought it was for a certain service. God moved. I didn't preach that day. And I felt God telling me to, to pull this sermon back out. And the title of it is God's Timing is Everything. God's timing is everything. He took me to Esther, chapter 4, verse 13. And it says, Esther 4 and 13, And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now it'd be easy to have that sermon title for such a time as this. That's not my sermon title, but it's a good one. But I want to talk today about God's timing. God's timing is everything. Not only in the sense of being in the right place at the right time, but also how, when, and when we give God our time. He'll place us in the right time, at the, in the right season, at the right place. And I want, to, I want to just go to God right now to help me preach this the way he wants me to preach it. Father, I ask you, Lord, right now to anoint me with the power of the Holy Ghost. Your word's anointed. We already know that. I ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips of clay. I ask you, Lord, to hide me behind the shadow of the cross that I can minister your word in boldness, Lord, and in fear and trembling. Let the Holy Ghost take these words and penetrate the hearts, Lord, as we've prepared our hearts to be good soil for the word to fall into. I thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you're wondering today who's here at the church and who's not right now, uh, we are under 10. It's myself and uh, Shelly, Carden, Taylor, Peyton, Aki Shelton, my mom, my dad, and Ferris. So we're, we're just under. You know, and they're spread out, so they're going to take up the whole... They're sitting in your seat right now. I'll just tell you that. They're sitting in your seat right now, and you can't see that. So just, just so you know when you come back. A couple of weeks ago was the day that Peyton hates. Peyton hates daylight savings time. He hates it. He said, why don't we just leave the time alone? Let it, let it just do what it's going to He hates the daylight savings time. And it began. And then come November, you know, it's going to end. We sprung forward. He sprung a word. We sprung forward in our clocks. At 2 a.m. in the morning, our clocks moved up an hour. I didn't stay up that late. I'd set mine before. Move my clock forward, but Sunday, November 1st, we'll all fall back an hour, and I'll have to hear Peyton complain again when daylight savings time ends. Why don't we just leave time alone? Got an amen from my dad right there on that one. I've heard it said that timing is everything, and that may be true in some areas of life, but when we're talking about the things of the Spirit, God's timing is everything. I want us to recognize that when we are in that we are in a certain time and a season in our world, and it's hard not to notice this. 
I heard a, a reporter yesterday say something about, uh, how are we going to get the word out for people that doesn't know what's going on? Really? Everybody knows. I don't care if you don't have a TV and you're, you're climbed up in some hole. You've heard about this. We've got to recognize the time and the season. But you know what? I'm not just talking about what's going on here in the church or in, in our world. I'm talking about in the church world and what God's got us doing right now. People are in a panic mode over this virus. They're scared that the next call for scratchy throat is going to be their demise. Forget that we're in, I said this uh, Wednesday night, that we're in uh, flu and cold season and coming into allergy season. And, and, and my whole family has allergies, by the way. So if you see me coughing or seizing somewhere, don't get too scared. It's all right. It'll be okay. While we have the world's attention, though, we as the church needs to be the church that God called us to be. We're not a building. We're not a building. We are a church. This is a house. This is the house that was built for worship. But the church is sitting watching live on Facebook today. The church is us. The, the word church in the Greek is called ecclesia, which is, which is the called out ones. We've been called out by Christ. We are the called out ones. We've been saved, redeemed, bought back. We are the called out ones. We are the church. And you need to get that into your spirit. You are the church. This building that we're in today is a house designated and dedicated to God for his church to come in and worship. The called out ones to get together and celebrate. To celebrate the goodness of our Savior and praise and worship the almighty God. Today we're doing a gathering online, but for the same purpose. Don't let the devil tell you that this isn't real church. This isn't a real church service. Or you can't really feel the power of God through Facebook. That's a lie. That's a lie. Earlier today I was up and I was watching in another time zone a church going live and I could feel the Holy Ghost moving in their service. I could feel him already from the, from the beginning. I'm here to declare to you that the devil is a liar. When Taylor was a little bitty about this tall, he would come up here on these stages all around the nation, and he would get to preaching, and his, his favorite word was, and the devil is a liar. And we'd amen him and root him on, and yes, nothing's changed. The devil's still a liar. The devil's still a liar. Amen? God is on the throne, and he's worthy to be praised by his people no matter what the circumstances are. In a pinch, the church will rise up. Amen? The church will rise up. We will stand for Jesus. We will give him the praise that he deserves. Our houses need to hear the praises of God out loud. If you're in your house right now, you need to just yell out, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Our church, our, you know what? Our houses need to hear this. Our kids need to hear this. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go ahead and give God praise in your house right now. Go, 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 go. I talked to a pastor yesterday. He said he's going to have drive-up church at his church. He said he's, he's going to get them to honk their horn for amens. I said, it's going to be a loud service outdoors when they do that. He said, or at least turn on the signal, turn on the blinker one way or another, let them know if they're agreeing or disagreeing. Hallelujah. we got to do what we got to do right now. Amen. We will give him the praise that he deserves if our heart's in the right place that it should be, if we're doing what God created us to do. Our houses need to hear the praises of God. Our kids need to hear it. Mom and dad worshiping in the home. Go ahead and give God praise in your house, not just today, but every day. We should recognize that while the world is fearful and panicked, we have got to be the church. 
the called out ones, because it's times like these that the world needs to see Jesus in us. And if you follow me on Facebook at all, you'll find out that, that the hash mark, uh, hashtag I use all the time is show me Jesus. Show me Jesus. What I mean by that is I want to see Jesus through you. I want to see you living out the life that God's called you to live. Show me Jesus. Show your kids Jesus in your life. We are in a certain time of the season here at Trinity Faith Tabernacle. There have been so many prophecies through the years about this church, and I believe we're on the cuffs of seeing them fulfilled. You're saying, really? In all this turmoil that's going on? Yes, I believe that God's outpouring is about to happen right here at Trinity Faith Tabernacle. God is putting something together. He's bringing things together, bringing people, ministries, other churches, pastors, missionaries, evangelists, prophets, and apostles, and aligning them all together. And I call them divine connections. Divine connections. I just, you know, you think, well, that's just my friend. It's just this or that. It's divine connections God has connected you with. God is looking for some people. God is preparing some people to be ready to harvest the fields. A sermon you don't hear preached an awful lot. I believe that now is the time to be a witness like never before. I believe now is the time to show Jesus like never before. When you go into that grocery store and you reach for that last roll of toilet paper and somebody else is reaching, show them Jesus. Show them Jesus. In the New King James Version, John 4 and 35 says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. The harvest fields are ready. The people's be ready. God has been preparing us for this moment that we can get the word out that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords. He's went to the cross already. He's not going to do it again. He's went to the cross already for us, and he will save their souls. We've got to get the word out. If we can't see that the fields are ready to harvest, we're blind. We're blind. We've got to see this. See through our spiritual eyes and see like never before in our lifetime has there been a greater opportunity to share Jesus with receptive hearts. There's people out there that doesn't know the answer. We used to sing a song that said, raise your hands if you know the answer. We need to be sharing the answer that everyone is looking for. Until recently, though, we've all been busy. We've all been busy people. We've been running here and there. Our job has us busy. Our daily activities to Walmart, doctor's appointments, school functions, sports programs, if you have kids. At the end of the winter, we're finishing up basketball. In the spring, we're getting ready for baseball. In the summer, we're on vacation, canoeing, kayaking, or floating. We're picnicking, swimming, or fishing. In the fall, it's football. School's back in session. Then it's deer season. I'm not a hunter, but I know about deer season. They have bow season, muzzle season, muzzle loading season, modern gun, pellet, BB, slingshot, poisonous dart season. That's the way it feels like anyway. Uh, they may even have a buoy knife season. I'm not sure. I, I used to have them when I was a kid. I'd just go out hunting with it. Not to mention turkey and rabbit and bear and elk. They all have their seasons. They all have their time. We have to run to the bank. We have to see Jake, the state farm agent. And yes, he's wearing khakis. We have to drop off our taxes back to Harps to pick something up for dinner, and then out the door to dance recital. We stay busy. Oh, and I didn't even mention this. We have our holidays, too. We celebrate New Year's Day, Martin Luther King Day, Groundhog Day, Valentine's Day, President's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Easter, Mother's Memorial Day, 
Father's Day, Flag Day, Independence Day, Labor Day, Columbus Day, Thanksgiving Day, Christmas Day, and New Year's Eve. All them days. I'll tell you my favorite's Groundhog Day. I, I, love, I love that one. And I didn't even mention all of them. Now, throw in the birthdays and the anniversaries. Our calendar's full. When am I going to be able to share Jesus? My calendar's full. Sometimes we just want to sit back, get on our porch, and drink our favorite carbonated beverage or iced tea and listen to the crickets. Our time is valuable. Timing is everything. God's timing is everything, though. There's nothing wrong with any of these things, but that's exactly why the devil tries to steal our time. How many knows the devil tries to steal everything? He's not just trying to steal your finance. He's trying to steal your time, too. I want us to remember this. Remember this when we get so busy, and, and our life has been busy up to just recently. It's been very busy. But remember Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first. I think King James says, seek ye first. Seek first the kingdom of God. We, how many really can get that in your spirit? Because without the things going on in our life, we're thinking about our kids, our baby. You know, uh, uh, doctor's point, like, just like I said, all these different things. We're thinking about these things. When are we thinking about God first? We need to remember that God is first and to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. Sometimes we come to a slave to time and we don't stop to realize in the moment that we're in. We're in a moment of harvest right now. God has a new anointing, a new word for our lives and a new revelation for each time and season that we're in. And no, I'm not talking about a new Bible coming out that's going to give us a revelation. I'm just talking about a deeper understanding of God's holy word. Amen. If we'll take the time to shut ourselves away and listen, and this is a great time to do that, by the way, God will speak. I'm a firm believer that we are in a day and a time that God wants to speak more often than we're wanting to hear him. I pray right back here on Monday through Friday. We still have prayer meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning. I pray right back here in the corner of the church, and I get up and we, we'll talk a little bit afterwards, and I tell them, this is what God spoke to me. It's not just about going to God with a request and saying, God, I need, I need, I need. It's about listening to the voice of the Lord and what he has to say. And if we'll get along with God, and especially in these times, we have some time. We've been quarantined. We've been set to our houses. We need to make that time to get along with God. Don't make this time to see more reruns. Make this time to seek God. Seek his face more and more. We'll get up from praying. I'll tell, I'll tell the prayer team, this is what God spoke to me. This is what God spoke to me. we got to understand God's speaking a whole lot more than we're listening. The world has got so caught up with schedules and their time, with their rush me in, rush me out, drive through here, drive through there, and everything's about convenience and not quality. There's a reason why McDonald's sells hamburgers for a dollar on their value meal. Because the quality is not the same as the $6 burger from Red Robin. It tastes better at Red Robin. I'm not a, just a big fan of Red Robin, but the burgers taste better there than they do McDonald's. There's a reason. The quality. The quality. The reason why most people's favorite restaurant and favorite steakhouse or favorite food is more expensive is because it's a higher quality food than the fast food restaurants are. That's why it tastes better. And usually that means we have to wait and spend more time there than a fast food restaurant. 
We go into fast food. We want it right now, immediately. Get our food out here. This fast food, you get it out here. You knew exactly what I was wanting. It should have already been cooked hot and waiting for us. And if it's not hot, then we're mad. That's the price you pay for fast food. Sometimes it's cold, stale, nasty. If we want quality in our relationship with God, we're going to have to sacrifice some time. We're going to have to give up our time for him because time is what we have to give and God's timing is everything. When we start giving God our time, we're going to start recognizing God's timing and what he's doing in and through our lives and around us. We won't see God's blessings if we neglect to give God our time. He's not really interested in our schedule. We need to be willing to accommodate to his time and to his schedule. God wants us to know how much time God wants to know how much time do we want to spend with him. He's asking that question today. I feel it in my heart. Do you really want me? Are you really going to seek me? Because it's going to cost us something if we're really wanting God and his timing. If it doesn't cost us something, it doesn't mean anything to us. I'll say it again. If it doesn't cost us something, it really doesn't mean anything to us. I'll tell a quick story. I've told it a million times about Taylor. I bought a pair of Nike Shock tennis shoes. It's an advertisement on Facebook. I had to get royalties to the church for that. Anyway, I bought these shoes, found them on sale. They were a $100 pair of tennis shoes. I found them on sale for, I don't know, $40, $50, whatever the price was. It didn't matter. Taylor didn't do it on purpose, but he went out and was burning trash in these new Nike shocks. And some trash dripped on him with the fire and melted the top of his shoes. It made me angry. So I took him to Hibbets. I said, get all your money. I think he was about 12, somewhere in that, that age. I said, get all your money. We went down to Hibbets down in Conway. I said, here, pick out the shoes. And I picked out all the $100 shoes and showed them to him on the right. He goes, Dad, these are cheaper over here. I go, no, you're paying the $100. I want you to know the value of what you're wearing. I made him buy a $100 pair of shoes that day. Even though there was others on sale, I made him buy that $100 pair of shoes. That pair of shoes, I'm not sure. He may still have them. He took care of them like it was the best thing ever. Why? Because he paid something of value. He paid his hard-earned money. He had been saving that money. It cost him something big, and he valued it. He valued it. He valued it. Amen? And nobody said amen. I just got a few in here. You got to help me. When I say amen, help me out. Yell it out. Amen. Preach it. Don't try to give God something that has no value to you. Don't try to give him something that has no value to you. God wants our time. If we're getting closer to the end of the time, and I believe that we are, then we need to get closer to God. It's senseless to offer God something that costs us nothing. The church world has come to the place where they want to give God less and not more. I heard a, heard a story years ago that the person was going to bring the preacher a chicken, and they went up and told the preacher, that I was going to bring you a chicken to church and, and give it to you as an offering, but it got better. That's, the not, that's not the way we should be given to God. We should be giving God our best. Amen? They want to cut back. I say they, the church world, want to cut back on how many services we have a week. They want to cut back on how long the services should be. They don't have time to do the things of God and what God has provided through the church. Too many revivals, too many socials, too many Bible studies, too many prayer days, too many youth camps, get-togethers, grow groups. I'm telling the truth. 
I hope this social distancing is making you eager to come back to the house of God. I hope you're sitting there right now today thinking, man, I wish I could be right there to hear Drew, right there in the church. I, I wish I could be there with my brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping the Lord and hearing the music live. I hope this is making you hunger after the things that God and the privileges God has given us in coming to worship in his house. Coming to TFT to worship God is a privilege. And I hope that we all get a new vision of our local assembly. No matter if this is your home church or not, you need to realize that God wants you in, in service. He wants you with your Christian brothers and sisters worshiping him. We never need to take for granted the honor it is to drive to the house of God and to praise and to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Or to glorify or to magnify by singing with adoration for our almighty God. I thank the Lord. And by the way, I didn't say it at the beginning, but I miss and I love all of you. And I want you to know that from the bottom of my heart, I do. But our enemy will make certain that you and I are too busy to be involved with God's house. We get so involved, we can't even be involved with God's house. How are we ever even going to worship? We can't even get to God's house, hear the word of God. We can't do church things because we have to take our kids to something, and if they don't go... They'll be made fun of. They'll be the outcasts. We've got to make sure that they're doing all the things all the other kids do so they feel normal. The most important thing you're going to do is teach your, word, teach your child the word of God and bring them to the house of God. Be the example for your kids. Be the example. I preached a few weeks ago, moms and dads, we're leading someone to heaven or we're leading them to hell. One of the two places you're leading somebody today, and I want you to know that. By the way, how we spend our time shows people what's important to us. We are showing people that God, are we showing people that God is the most important in our lives? Our time and how we spend it is a reflection of how important God really is to me and you. I want to look at Esther. You thought I forgot my text. What does this have to do with Esther? Why do we start off in Esther and we're, we're, we're going down this other path? First, I want you to see the story that brings us up to the point where we read in chapter 4. King Xerxes is the ruler of the Persian Empire. He throws a party with the express purpose of showing off the extent of his riches and wealth. And this party goes for 180 days. At the end of this time, he sends for his wife to show off her beauty so everyone else can see. She refuses to come and the king has her banished from the kingdom. How many husbands out there ought to be that way? You know, said, honey, would you come here a minute? And she says, no, you're banished. No. Oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. Just kidding. Just kidding. No cards and letters over that. In that day and age, if you didn't approach the king, you never approached the king unless he was called to you. And once you were called, you never refused either. A king must have his queen so the best and most beautiful women in all the land were given beauty treatments for a year and brought before the king. And I know all the ladies are ready to say amen. You can go ahead and just type it in right there on Facebook. Amen. I want that pampering. I want that beauty treatment. Shelly would love to be pampered like that. Hair done, makeup done, nails done, beautiful clothes. I believe there's a certain nail salon here in Greenbrier that if our ladies at our church stopped going to, they would single-handedly put them out of business. All the men, all the men in our church, we want our women to, or we, we want them to look good. We want them to look nice. We want them to look fixed. We want them to smell good. Yesterday, I told Shelly I was going to Walmart. She said she's going to go with me. I looked at her and I said, 
are, are you wearing that? She said, yes. I'm going to tell you, she's take this, taken this social distancing to a whole different level. To a whole different level. Since no one was seeing her, she was wearing her jogging pants that she paints in, so it has paint on them. Uh, an old t-shirt, a ratty jacket, her hair up in a ponytail. I don't know, she may be trying to social distance herself from me. I'm not sure if that's, that may be the case. I'm just missing it. Social distancing. I was ready for Shelly to get her pampering done. Hair done, makeup done, nails done, nice clothes. But this is what was going on to get these ladies ready to go before the king. One of these girls was Esther. Esther was a Jew who was under the care of her cousin Mordecai. And following his instructions was keeping her identity as a Jew concealed. Esther pleased the king and was made the queen of Persia. God had placed one of his children in a position to save his people from what came next. And what came next wasn't good. Here we meet a guy named Haman. He's not a nice guy. Haman is a close official of the king and everybody bows down to him except one man. You can guess who it was. Esther's cousin, Mordecai, and this infuriated Haman. He plots not only to wipe out Mordecai, but the entire Jewish race as well. He convinces the king that the Jews should be eliminated because they are different and don't obey the laws of the king. Xerxes issues a decree that on a certain day, at a certain time, all the Jews are going to be destroyed. And this decree was posted throughout the kingdom so everyone, including the Jews, knew it was coming. They knew what was coming down the pike. And now Esther had a choice to make. Mordecai had sent word to her, begging her to intercede on behalf of the Jews to the king. The only problem is that she faced almost certain death if she approached the king unannounced. Esther told Mordecai in uh, Esther 4 and 11, all the king's servants... And the people of the king's providence know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king's these 30 days. It had been 30 days since she'd even been called into the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer in verse 13. Do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. Then verse 14. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Mordecai understood and trusted that God would deliver his people. You see that in the word. If you don't do it, someone else will. He knew the history of the Jews and the faithfulness of God. I just want to say to all the Christians today, you need to know your God. Know that he's faithful. He is faithful. There's faithfulness in God. If Esther didn't act, Mordecai was convinced that help would come from another place. But he also knew that God was constantly working, setting things in motion for the good of his people. And he points out to Esther that if her newfound royalty may, in fact, be the reason that she was created... You were created for a purpose, to praise and to worship God. And then the Word of God tells us to go out and to preach and to teach 
uh, the gospel. We, we were created for a purpose, and her purpose right here, she had been set up as a queen for a purpose for such a time as this. It may have been the reason for the events that have unfolded throughout her life to bring her to this very moment to be used to God for the deliverance of her people because God's timing is everything. God's timing is everything. Don't think for a second that God is not working in and through the things that are going on right now. We may not understand everything, but I want to remind you that God's plans will be accomplished. It's not aborted. God doesn't abort his plans. He goes forward with his plans because we're living through this time. I believe God has us here for a purpose. Our steps are ordered of God. Hallelujah. We are here to be his witnesses in such a time as this. God's timing is everything. Esther was created for such a time as this. You look at her response. I think that in the answer to Mordecai, we see some things that set Esther apart as a servant. These things set Esther apart as a vessel that God could use for further purpose on earth. As we, as a church body, seek to move forward to answer the call of God and a call of God to this ministry that we're at right now, these are some of the things that we must have in our lives as well. Number one, Esther spent time seeking God. She spent time seeking God. Esther gives us a good look at the proper way to take a big step. We got to take some big steps. To make a big decision, it starts and ends with earnestly seeking God. Giving God what he requires, our time in seeking him and our obedience in our relationship with him. Amen. Esther 4 and 16, go. Gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan. I hope I said that right. And fast for me. Stop eating. Fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, day or night. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Hallelujah. If you look at the first part of verse 16, Esther instructs Mordecai to begin to fast. Tells Mordecai, start fasting. Let's, let's get God involved in this right here. Start fasting. And instruct the other Jews to do the same. While they were doing this, Esther and her maids would be doing the same thing. She'd be fasting too. Before Esther acted, before she moved, before she did anything, she sought God. She went after God first. She didn't have the answers, but she knew she had to give God her time and he would answer Amen. When, we, when you don't have the answers, go to God. He's got the answers. Hallelujah. God's timing is everything. Hallelujah. What she was about to do could have resulted in the sacrifice of her very life, and she made certain that she was right with God and in tune with his ways and will before she stepped out on faith. She ends that verse by saying, if I perish, I perish. This was not a whatever happens, happens point of view of life. Uh, the way some people see life today, that's not the way she was acting. Where she felt like her life had no meaning and if she died, oh, well, that's what happened. This virus takes over and it kills her. Oh, well, that's, that's not what happened. No, she was making a stand for God. She was making a stand for God's people. Instead, it was a, de a declaration of her complete trust and faith in God. If this is what God wanted and she was to die in her efforts, so be it. So be it. Sunday, I preached 2 Timothy, last Sunday, 2 Timothy 1 and 7. And it said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I can't read that verse without saying power like this. I think of a fist pumping power 
and love and of a sound mind. We can't be afraid of what man can do to this body. We must trust the Lord in this time. Esther didn't, didn't let fear grip her heart. She would follow where she felt God was taking her, and it started with her time. You're spending your time right here on Facebook today. You're in the right place in the right time. I want to tell you that. Once we spend time with God, we'll have the peace that passes all understanding. You know, people see and say, well, how did you go through? How did you walk through cancer when your son at 16 years old was diagnosed with cancer and, and walking through that for five years or going to the hospital? How do you do that? Because the peace of God passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense, but the peace of God passes all understanding. Hallelujah. It's the same mindset that Jesus had in the garden when he asked his disciples to pray. And he goes off to pray. And he says those words, not my will, but yours be done. We got to put this in God's hand. God, we don't like what's going on. We like our normal. But you know what? It's not our will. It's your will. Let your will be done. Hallelujah. Last night we started to pray before we eat. My mom, uh, somebody said, well, let's pray. My mom said, our Father, which art in heaven. I was like, really? We're going to do that prayer for, for, I was just thinking, Lord, bless this food. And, and, and I was sitting there thinking about it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Hallelujah. We need to be praying that prayer more and more. Hallelujah. He was willing to proceed because he knew the will of his Father. Jesus knew the will of his Father. Esther has, has, has that same determination. And like Christ, before she took that step, she sought God and had those around her do the same thing. I want you to know right now that you have people around you that is praying for you. You have the church. You have a prayer team that's still praying for you right now in this time of despair. There's something about it when the saints of God start devoting their time to God, start fasting, start praying, start praising, start worshiping, giving God more and more of ourself God just can't ignore that. He can't ignore that. And I'm so thankful for that. Having sought God, spending our time with God, and knowing that he is leading us will give us a tremendous confidence to go forward. Number two, I want you to see that Esther understood her role in God's plan. She understood her role in God's plan. Esther lived a comfortable life. She was the queen of an empire. She lived in luxury, and anything she could dream up or desire would be hers. You know what? We may not be rich, but we've lived in plenty for a long time here in the United States. Well, a lot of places in the world, they've lived in plenty. Now things are changing. People don't like the, the normal being disrupted. Esther could have cho chose to sit silent in comfort while everyone around her died. Instead, she understood the unique role that she could play. She was there for a time and a season. She saw that God had put her in a situation where she could help. God used her. Again, I feel like this is where we are today. We have the opportunity to share Jesus like never before. I believe God is turning hearts to be receptive to hearing the good news of the gospel. Esther had an advantage being a Jew and also being a queen that might put her in position to serve God that no one else had. She was about to cash in on the time she was appointed for. Amen. We need to be cashing in for this time, too. People's looking for uh, peace. We have the peace of God that we can share with them. She recognized, Esther recognized this was her time. Esther understood that her own comfort and her own lifestyle took a back seat to the needs of the people around her and who were about to perish. We may not live like royalty as Esther did, but we live in comfort and security and have for years. 
Our needs are met. We have a place to live. We have food to eat. Family and friends to care for and to care for us. We've built nice lives. We don't like controversy or confrontation. And we can easily go through our days and turn a blind eye to those who are perishing around us and say that it's none of our business. Who are we to interfere with the lives of others? But if we understand our role in God's plan, we'll know that he has made it our responsibility to share life with those who are dying, to share hope with those that have none, and to give comfort to those in need. We are the ones who are to go into all the world and preach the gospel. All the world is not, is not even a reality. All the world is not even a reality if we won't even go to our own neighbors. If we're not even giving God an opportunity to use our time. Romans 10, 14 says, How then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Let me tell you something. We're all preachers. We're all preachers. There may be a pastor of a church, but you know what? Our lives should all be preaching a message. Amen? How are people going to hear if we don't give God our time? We understand that God has provided in Christ Jesus a way to spend eternity with him. And those who don't know Jesus will spend their eternity entirely apart from the presence of God. That place is called hell. Another sermon you don't hear very often. But I'm going to tell you, if you've not asked Jesus into your heart, and if you're not living for him at this current time, that's the destination that you're going to be living. You're not going to die. Your soul's going to live forever. And you make that choice. Is it heaven or hell? The Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and the wages of sin is death and separation from God. Thank God the word doesn't stop there. We're told that the wages of sin may be death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. It's found only through the salvation of Jesus Christ. We no longer have to fear death. We no longer have to wonder what comes next. We no longer have to be alone. God promises life. He promises uh, uh, life eternal, and he promises to be with us all the way to the end of the age. God is with us. God is with us. If we understand that and we believe that, then our comfort would take a back seat. And we'd embrace our roles as God's spokespeople and witnesses and share the life-giving truth that we've been entrusted with. Jesus is the answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way, though. He's, there's not another way. I'm looking out on Facebook. There's not another way. It's not in another religion. It's through Jesus, through Jesus, through Jesus. He wasn't just a good man. He wasn't just a prophet. It's Jesus, the Son of God. It's Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And lastly, number three, Esther acted in boldness. She acted in boldness. When we spend, spend time with God, there's going to be a boldness in our life. And this is an action step. This is where you step out of your comfort zone. You do something. It validates the other two. Esther spent time seeking God was the first. Second, Esther understood her role in God's plan. And this third one, Esther acted in boldness. These first two things would have been worthless if not accompanied by the last one. She had to move. She had to do something. We can spend time with God and seek his face. And we can say we understand our role in his plan. But until we act... We haven't done what God's called us to do. Yes, I agree with where we should preach the gospel to all the world. I believe it, Brother Drew. That's what we're supposed to do. Until you act, you don't really believe it. 
In Esther 4.16, Esther concludes her message to Mordecai by saying, When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And she follows through. She followed through what she said she was going to do. She approached the king, and God had gone before and softened his heart towards her, and that she found favor in his eyes. You got to know that God's going before you. He's not behind you, beside you. He's going before you. He's going before you. He's making a way where there seems no way. God is going before you. He agrees. The king agreed to, to grant her request. Long story short, Haman was hanged. <laughs> I love this. Haman was hanged on the gallows he built for Mordecai. Hallelujah. The Jews were saved and their enemies were destroyed. The Jews ended up in a better position and a better circumstance as the result of God's deliverance than they would have been if none of this had never happened. Amen? Amen. Deliverance came from God, but he used Esther, a willing vessel whom he had placed right where he wanted, right where he wanted her for such a time as this. But none of this happens if Esther doesn't give her time to God. Shelly, would you come to the piano? I want you to play the song, Praise the Lord. I love this song. If I can get Card and Taylor, you guys come on up and play with her. I want to just I want to sing that song in just a minute. I believe with all my heart that God has been molding this church for such a time as this. I, I believe it. All that we have gone through together, both good and bad, has brought us here to this point. Now is our time. I believe that as we give God more of our time, we have an opportunity to impact the community around us for the kingdom of God by sharing Jesus. Isaiah 55 and 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. If it was our way, we would have said, no viruses. It's not going to come to us. And we'd stop it. We're, we're, we're God. We're playing God right now and say, well, okay, we would stop that. We wouldn't do that. But you know what? Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. He allows things to happen. He didn't cause this. Man did this. He didn't cause man to sin in the garden. Man did this. Man did this. I want us to remember, Esther spent time seeking God. Esther understood her role in God's plan. And then Esther acted in boldness. It's time for the army of God to rise up. Because his timing for us is now. His timing is everything. Don't wonder. Don't second guess it. For such a time as this, that's the position you're in today. God's timing is everything. I'm going to pray while Shelly plays, and then we're going to sing this song in closing. I want to pray this prayer over you. Once again, church, I love you. I thank you for watching today. I thank you for being the church right where you're at, sharing Jesus from your house, from the few people that you're seeing. I encourage you to keep on living for Christ. Father, I thank you for your spirit that is with us today. I ask you to be with each and every one of us here at TFT. Father, I ask that you encourage us to give our time to you in this crisis. I ask that you give us understanding of our role as the church in this turbulent time. Father, I ask you to give us the courage to be bold in your spirit for such a time as this. Because this is the day that you've made. You have given us this opportunity to be the church and not just attend your house, 
We can't do that right now, Father. But I ask for your riches, richness of blessings to be falling on our congregation, our family, our church family. Father, I ask you that you'd gird up your people in this last hour. Father, I believe your word said you shall cover us with your feathers. And under your wings we shall take refuge. Your truth shall be our shield and buckler. Because we have made the Lord who is our refuge, even the most high, our dwelling place. No no evil, no evil shall befall us. Nor shall any plague come near our dwelling. For you shall give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Would you sing for us? Just worship the Lord one more time as she sings this song. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams and your hope has been cruelly crushed by Satan's manifested scheme and you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears, don't let the faith you're standing in Give him the glory he deserves. continue to play I want to pray a blessing prayer the priestly blessing we do it here at our church and I want you to feel the power of God and accept these blessings in numbers chapter 6 verse 22 through 27 stretch your hand to the air 
in surrender to God. Verse 22 said, The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons, This is how you're to bless the Israelites. We know Israel is a type of the church in the New Testament. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. I love this verse. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Hallelujah. There's peace in God. So they will put my name on them and I will bless them. And according to Ephesians 1.13, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And may God bless you with health, wealth, wisdom, and favor. And Father, I ask for every marriage that's represented in TFT. And Lord, I'm watching us on Facebook right now. Lord, that you touch them. And you bind their marriage up, Lord, between one man, one woman, and one God. You bind us up with cords that cannot be broken, Father. And God, I ask you, Lord, for a special blessing, special peace to fall on this community. I ask you, Lord, to let us reach out. Let us go into all the world. Let us start with our community, Jesus. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We love you, TFT. Thank you for your faithfulness of watching today. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Thank you for your faithfulness in serving the Lord. Because you are the church. You are the church. I'm the church. You're the church. Let's be the church. Hallelujah.